Well, once again, Dad is gone where no cartoon character has dared to go. <laughs> the only thing that separates Al from an actual cartoon is that he has a thumb. <laughs> Come on, honey. Be like Homer Simpson and do. I'm not a cartoon. I'm almost a human being, damn it. <laughs> Let's rock. Can I get a whoop No Man Presents, live from the nudie bar, the Married with Children podcast. Welcome back to the Married with Children podcast. This is Luigi. And this podcast is going where no cartoon character has dared to go. And I'm Stephen, and I can almost hear the Looney Tunes music. My name's Matt, and I'll be reading Garfield. My butt's moving. Oh, misogyny? Okay. <laughs> and I'm Wags the Perplexed Pup, cartoon cutie. And we have a very special guest with us today. Uh, do we recognize this voice? Yeah, yeah, forget all that. You know, you know what the real Al Bundy would say about all this? He'd say, I'm not a cartoon. I'm almost a human being, damn it. <laughs> Welcome back, Alex. We're not worthy! We're not worthy! We're not worthy! We're stuck! We suck! Thanks, man. Good to be here, guys. Great to hear your voice again. <laughs> Good you. to have you with us, Alex. You too, man. <laughs> Podcast fans, uh, this is a very special edition of the Married with Children podcast. On May 13th, Deadline.com announced an exclusive that an animated revival of Married with Children was in the works with all four members of the Bundy cast signed on. This new take is written by Family Guy executive producer Alex Carter, who will serve as the showrunner. Sony Pictures Television, which owns and distributes the original series, has been working on the animated project for over a year and closed deals with the quartet of Married with Children stars before taking it out. This was like a bombshell news to all of us because obviously we thought that this was dead and that the podcast would end in 2022 or close to 2022. My mind was blown and we thought that it would be good to have a podcast to talk about this. And Alex, thanks for joining us. Uh, I think the podcast fans really would like to hear your thoughts on this as well. Oh, thanks. Yeah, thanks for the invite. I never know what to make of things like this. Like, I'm from the horror world where we hear things like this all the time, and it never really comes to fruition. So it's odd. I just think it's so strange that I just, I'm not fully on board with believing it. But if it is actually happening, I think it's definitely strange. When Michael Moy was talking to us, he said people want to see the Bundys frozen in time. Now that's kind of what they're doing, I guess. But it's weird because I never thought of it like that. I guess I'm so used to all these reboots, Cobra Kai and Fuller House and the Roseanne and all that. Like, I never thought of needing them or wanting them to be like they were when they stopped the show. So that never occurred to me, but I, I guess that's what we could be getting. Although, you know, 
Al, anybody who's a Simpsons fan will know this. Like Al is not going to sound like Al from 1997. Peg is not going to sound like Peg from 97 or Butter Kelly. <laughs> They'll be almost unrecognizable in that sense. It is interesting. At least I guess you could capture that moment in time. And I'm interested to see if they actually are going to keep these guys young. Is Bud still going to be like 20 something years old? Is Kelly going to be 25 or whatever she was? You know, like that there's so many questions here and like why animated and why is this getting over the legal humps and i don't know it's just a very strange thing so i'm I'm dying to hear what all you think about all those aspects yeah annabelle like what are your thoughts on this i think i'm still processing it (laughs) (laughs) my initial reaction was what like animated okay and then i went through a sort of a miniature you know seven stages of grief or something i don't know but i thought they're coming back question mark and i I just yeah i was just filled with so many questions and i mean we have to make clear that nothing is set in stone at this point so it's just a hypothetical but it looks like it could be a thing but then i realized hang on if they do it as an animated series that works for several reasons i'm sure one of which will be discussed about how michael moy mentioned keeping it, as it were, sort of frozen in time, that kind of thing. Another reason is because Christina has a condition that is going to limit her for doing things on screen and she'll probably all on and out retire after this current series of Dead to Me wraps up. Things like that. And I thought, okay, this could work. Yeah, just kept playing over and over my head. I mean, you can probably hear it. I'm, I'm still like, what <laughs> i'm i'm still processing it and this is you know the 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 news is a uh, barely a week old and i've been so busy up until the last couple of days that i haven't had time to actually sit and process it all but if it happens i mean i'm all for having my favorite cast back in a room together so to speak but on an animated show they're not going to be really on screen together you're just going to hear them so and and i honestly don't know I don't watch enough Family Guy to know the Family Guy's guys work, <laughs> so to speak, because I think he came into it after Family Guy had started. I don't know what his work is like. And then I also anticipate what the general public are going to say. Oh, is it going to be too PC? Is it going to be the same, etc.? And I can just anticipate all of that and all the feedback from various people out there. So, yes, I'm still processing it, but... I'm cautiously excited, and I hope if it does come to fruition, they do it right. And one of the things I do want to talk about, I guess, as we get through this is like, what do we think as super fans, how to do it right? So yeah. I th- we'll get to that as we get along. Uh, Steven, your thoughts? I like what Alex said, and I kind of agree with that is I'm still skeptical, because they still have to work out so much for it to work. And you know, news travels fast with the internet nowadays. And quite often what you hear there doesn't actually come out the way you think it was going to come out, or sometimes it doesn't come out at all because they have a lot of stuff to work through. As far as animation is concerned, Annabelle mentioned that the cast won't be in the same room together. That could be a bit of a problem because with live acting, you have chemistry between characters. And I know the Simpsons have pulled it off somehow, but I'm not too sure if the cast of Mary with Children are going to be able to pull it off. 
because there was a chemistry between Bud and Kelly, between Al and Peggy, Al and Kelly, and, you know, about the supporting cast. I mean, who knows who's going to show up? Griff and Jefferson, if he comes on, and Al, that chemistry of those three interacting, which was awesome. I don't know if they can replicate that in an animation. Very good concerns. Matt. Oh, well, Luigi, everyone. Okay, so uh, when I first heard the news, naturally, especially as Married to Children's first run ended when I was only six years old, um, ended back then, well, I was naturally optimistic, was thinking, wow, new Married to Children material. I'm so excited. Now, obviously, I thought to myself, I'm glad they got the original four cast, because if any of the original four absent, any four of the original four, I would refuse to watch, because I'm sorry, but... No one else can play the Bundys besides O'Neill, Seagal, Applegate, and Faustino. I'm not the biggest Family Guy fan. I mean, when I was a teenager and young, young adult, I'd watch it if it was on, but I was never into it like I was, say, King of the Hill, Simpsons, or South Park. So, I got, uh, my eyebrow raised a little bit when I heard one of the guys from Family Guy was going to be involved, but not too much. Uh, the main thing for me is having the actual voices. If they can get Amanda Burst, Ted McGinley, perhaps even David Garrison, and the No Man crew as well, if you can get them, even better. Because you can't really have married to children without at least Marcy and Jefferson, and the No Man crew would make things better. So now I'm cautiously optimistic, but I just um, I have to wait to see if actually this comes to fruition for it to come through before I actually make a final judgment. But for now, given the cast members are all main four in it i'm cautiously optimistic and excited for myself i'd say i'm definitely cautiously optimistic but very skeptical obviously we don't know like what direction they would take with it because married with children was at the end of its run a live action cartoon at the beginning of its run it was very much a biting reality and it's like which way do you want to go in other words is like Al Bundy going to be catapulted into space one day, right? <laughs> and then end up on the moon, as an example. Or is it going to be more like, I guess, King of the Hill, where it is grounded, right? I mean, because you could sort of take two different approaches to it. And obviously, for me, dialogue is going to be the most important thing, because I'm a, I'm a dialogue kind of guy. It's like, I want it to be funny. And I'm not as turned on by sight gags when it comes to this universe. I guess that's going to lead me to my next question. What do you think would make an animated series work? And what do you think would be hard to capture? I mean, Stephen, you you touched on this a little bit. Yes, because whenever you have actors in the same room, they do play off each other. And I don't know. I mean, because I know with animation, one person can record one day, another person can record another day, but they're never in the same room. I think you have to take that into consideration. Like I said, I don't know how The Simpsons does it because they are, those actors, you can tell they are more than just actors. I remember seeing them, the actual voices, you know, like Harry Sherrar and Don Castaneda, everyone do something on, I forgot what it was called. It was on Bravo. They were all in the same room. Oh, the Screen Actors Guild thing? Uh yeah, that's Inside the, the one. actor's studio. Oh, that's it. Inside the actor's Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. I really like that one for that particular reason. And you can see how they played off each other. And I'm wondering, can Ed O'Neill and Katie Seagal still do that as cartoon characters? And, of course, the writing 
comes into it as well because who knows how much of that is ad-libbed on spot. You don't know. I think that's the biggest logistic to work out. So Alex, what about yourself? Like in terms of making how the series could work? I like what Steven said because the energy of the live audience was key in this show. Even to the point where they have a real laugh track. I'm used to hearing people laughing after Al's done talking or Kelly or whatever. Like that energy and everything is lost here. <laughs> and it's strange. And they are playing off each other. Yeah, The Simpsons is lightning in a bottle that I guess can just keep striking for 30 years or whatever. I don't know how they keep doing it. But it is going to be very strange to like not have that same play. But, you know, they're so talented, all four of these people. And hopefully they had Marcy and Jefferson and all them. But. They're so talented that I'm sure they'll pull it off. It'll be, you know, competent and all that kind of stuff. And I guess when you, when you grew up and you have like 11 seasons of live audience and the visuals and everything else, it's just going to be like, how would you even draw them? Are they going to look like The Simpsons? Like what style animation are we going with here? Are they going to look like Family Guy, which I really hope not? Agreed. Amen. <laughs> yes, agreed. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to see that. And so it's going to be very touchy with all these types of like one mistake can just turn us off. You know, like it just raises too many questions. The idea that they might get them all right is really slim. So <laughs> I have my concerns. Yeah, that's that's yeah, similar with me as well. I'm really worried about how they're going to be drawn and if they get it quote unquote right. And also you mentioned the live audience, Alex, I think... Obviously, animation can't have a live audience because it's a terrible strain on the animators' wrists. But <laughs> well, they, they, they can do the Scooby Doo route where they had the fake hand laugh. Oh, I mean, no, God, please, no, no. Annoy me to help. Amen, amen. But in in lieu of a live audience, maybe that means that the episodes and the jokes will be a lot snappier. There might be some quicker references and jokes and there will be sight gags i mean hopefully there's a lot of if they go this way if there's a lot of in jokes that we could pick up on or they just have a, like a quicker show where everything is it's just quick and it's just joke 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 but all these things that's why i'm cautious about it right. matt so personally, um, so the way the show look, basically on the cartoons I'm familiar with, uh, I hope they look the most like King of the Hill because the characters in that show actually look like real people, right down to the characters having thumbs. <laughs> so if it looks like that show, I'll, I'll be happy. If it looks like King of the Hill, I'll be happy. If it looks like South Park, uh, I probably won't because I'm sorry, I like South Park, but that's not married to children. If it looks like Family Guy, just don't. And also... No canned laughter, please. I mean, I tried that in like the Flintstones and Jetsons in the early days of animated sitcoms, and I don't get me wrong, I like that, but that's just cheesy. Yeah. Yeah, that would be a nightmare. Yeah, so which leads me to another question for all of you. Who do you think needs to come back in order for there to be magic? So they said that they've signed down the initial family. Now, I mean, to me, you need Marcy and Jefferson you know, and whether it's Amanda Bierce and Ted McGinley or uh, hold back. I mean, what if David Garrison returned for uh, a period? Well, let me get Jerry on here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With an ideal world, I would love for all seven to return. Yes. Yeah. Me too. I mean, but how's Marcy going to have two husbands, right? 
<laughs> she is kinky, though. Well, yeah. you, could have, you could have Steve moved back in as the Bundy's oven neighbor. You could have David Harris come back in that way. But, like, what, what are your thoughts in terms of characters? Now, I mean, if Chris were on, Chris loves to talk about how the third act of Married Children, so seasons 9 through 11, were when we had the best characters. So, for example, Gary from the shoe store, Griff, obviously. Yeah, some of Amber, uh, Amber, Ariel, <laughs> Miss Hardaway. Right. I mean, even the mailman, right, Alex? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> How about they get Mr. Groot to come back? Like she still didn't die. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or, or the actress did. Yeah. Right. Oh, I know. Yeah. But yeah what, what about Donnelly, right, from across the street? <laughs> yeah. Yes. She still throws out the insult. Yeah. Hey, what about- Bundy. <laughs> <laughs> Luke Ventura. Who knows? Right, right. Oh yeah. Mm. When we interviewed Boyer, he made this comment, and Alex, you talked about this at the beginning. You know, seeing them frozen in time. Now, the thing that the animated series does that maybe you know, even uh, you know, Michael Boyer didn't contemplate was if you do it in an animated fashion, time is sort of thrown out the window because theoretically the kids could be teenagers again. I mean, obviously hearing their voices as teenagers is going to sound a lot different. Christina Applegate is 50 now, right? (laughs) But I mean, they could pull it off. I mean, on the Simpsons, uh, what's her name? It's still playing Bart. Yeah. But you know what? Did you ever hear Marge lately? Oh, she sounds awful. She does. So old. Awful. Mm. I can't even describe how bad this is. It almost was to the point where, like, I have Disney Plus, and I almost didn't want to watch anything as soon as, soon as her voice spoiled, pretty much. Like, I, I kind of don't want to watch anything beyond season, like, 27 or so. It's just so, it's, like, really tough to listen to. But she was one of the older ones when they started that. Yeah, Julie Kavner, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so, I mean, like, that's one of the things. So, you know, what's interesting about doing it in an animated way, they could take many different directions. And I just wanted to hear from you guys, like, what you would prefer. I mean, I think we might all have different preferences. Theoretically, they could set the series back in the 80s and 90s. They could move it forward to the present day and have the Bundys interact with the modern world. You can also have a lot of instances of time travel. So you could show Alan Pegg as grandparents. You could go back... In time, we could go back to the infamous four touchdown game in the 1960s if the series is set in the 80s. I mean, there's so many things you can do with an animated series that's nearly impossible. And Annabelle, to your point about Christina Applegate, I mean, if you wanted to do a live action reboot, you can't use Christina because she can't do the physical comedy anymore. So there are a lot of ways that we can go with this. I just wanted to throw this out to you guys. Like, like, what would you want to see? You know, I wouldn't mind seeing the animated part where Al scores four touchdowns in one game and maybe doing some time travel to see what Bud and Isis's kids look like in the end. I mean, <laughs> and you could play off that, too. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you do have a lot more leeway that way, but I still don't know about pulling that off. Again, I'm really skeptical because so much has to be worked out. And I would like to see, and I think I'd miss the chemistry between the characters. I think I would too. With Family Guy, they're a bit like the Bundys anyway, down to the talking dog. So they could have Bark back, or Lucky, 
I mean, that's the thing. They could have Buck or Lucky or both or, or neither, depending on when it's set. I mean, if, if they pick up where they left off, it's Lucky. I just finished the notes for season 11 and Lucky doesn't talk at all in season 11. So they could just have a dog who's inanimated, <laughs> so to speak, or it'll probably get compared to Family Guy being a cartoon version of what was once a live action show that had a talking dog in it. So if they went back in time to when it was at its peak, they could have Buck and just have and hopefully Kim Weisskopf is available to voice him or Lucky and they could have jokes about Lucky and Buck being the same or they bring it for I mean see I don't know if I knew what they had planned I could probably I because I'm not sure what I want so as much as I'd like to see them again I want to see them in the flesh and with that chemistry which I think is going to be lost in an animation like Stephen said but it could work in present day it could work back then I'm just I sort of I think I need to see it first to see what I prefer Alex I'm hearing everybody talk like everything's just going through my head the thing we'll miss about the live action is like think of all the, the like Al's face expressions and stuff like that and and the way Bud plays off of Al when they're when he's not even talking like the way he points back and forth to the two of them when Al says something that he agrees with even though it's outlandish like that's not going to happen anymore and as far as when it takes place with the opportunity here I guess what you're getting besides the different pitch and voices is that you can pick off from you know 1998 and go on a lot of people would say well if you can get at it now why not like what's so good about now but then again it would be weird not to have them with the modern conveniences of cell phones and everything like that but that again kind of ties to people or who are well off so it would make sense that the bunnies don't move on that way and when you look at a show like Cobra Kai, like the main character, Johnny, is not savvy with all of that stuff. He, like he, he doesn't even know what hashtags are or anything or Ubers. He doesn't know what an Uber is. So it's like that kind of reminds me of what the Bundys would do. They they wouldn't be all that aware of anything. Like, why would they be? Maybe that maybe Bud and that's it. You know, like so there's a lot to play with. But if, if you're going to go modern day, how would that work, too? So now. Bud's going to have his own family and Kelly's going to have her own family and Alan Pegg will be alone in the house. Like, I don't know. I I don't think that would be something anybody would want to see. Like, are they just constantly going to visit the Bundy house with either, you know, them alone or with their kids or something? Like, I think, I think you almost have to be frozen in time, I guess, and just keep it when they were younger. Otherwise it's completely different. In, a, in the weirdest of ways. I don't know. I do think it opens up some other avenues. I've always had the joke of Al Bundy in the modern day world trying to find Psycho Dad streaming somewhere. <laughs> but uh, Stealing Wi-Fi from the neighbor, you know, something like that. Yeah, you know, and that was one of my jokes that uh, I used in, um, what was it, uh, Dial B for Virgin. Because right. I was... I'm just kidding. I was stealing Wi-Fi from that dentist's office across the street for a while. <laughs> <laughs> they wised up. I think they figured out a lot of people were stealing their Wi-Fi. <laughs> we touched on this before, a little bit about supporting characters. So Griff, Ariel, Amber, 
Gary, uh, like, how, how do you think that they would be worked into this universe? Because one of the things we, you know, we just was said was you know, maybe if you go back to almost the classic days when Kelly and Bud were teenagers, right? I mean, those characters weren't necessarily there. So, I mean, either you get to revise the canon. <laughs> uh, Alex, I remember that was a, a top, big topic uh, during your era with uh, Jamie in particular, right? <laughs> mm. uh, talking about uh, canon. A reboot allows you to revise the canon. Like, what if you know you begin the series and you have Kelly and Bud as uh, let's say fourteen years old, fifteen years old, and now it's Griff in the shoe store, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> you know, like yeah. interacting with them as teenagers, or like Ariel or Amber, like being introduced like earlier in the character's life than what we saw in the live action series. Yeah, because when when Marcy mentioned to Bud that she met he met Amber when she was 13. We could go back and see that. Right. Theoretically, we could see uh, Peg's mother. Maybe like an, uh, an animated version of Peg's mother or, or Al's mother, who was never on uh, the show. But, you know, at least we heard her voice once. Right? And we get to maybe see her in the drunk tank, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or we could see Peg's mom lean up against the fence to take a picture. Right. <laughs> One side question I have for everyone is, you know, the Bundys were depicted a few times in animated fashion. So there was a Simpsons version. Hey, Pig, you got to take better care of the house. These plants are all lifeless and limp. Maybe they'd feel more at home in the bedroom, Al. Al, let's have sex. Uh, no, Pig. The TV screwed up. It only plays married with children. Oh, Pig, you're sick. Let me call Dr. Kevorkian. There was a homage to it on Futurama. I did my hair the way you wanted it. Who are these people? Friends. Hey, where'd you get this couch and that TV set and all this stuff? They were giving it away on the street corner. Just like you, Leela. <laughs> Too bad they weren't giving away the three things you actually need. Mouthwash, a back wax, and stain-proof underwear. <laughs> you go, girl! By the way, your pal Fry fell into the dungeon. Take him a taco so he doesn't die and stink up the place. Come on, Al. Can't you let the little guy out? Jeez, Leela. Twice in one day? I'm not Superman. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> There were the comic books. Now, we talked a while back of potentially at one point doing a uh, special on the comic book series. And, you know, we may get to that maybe once season 11 is completed. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, in the comic book series, for example, we do have a depiction of Peg's mom. And we also did have a little bit of time travel in there. So do you think maybe like that might be one route that they take in terms of how to depict the Bundys? Mm, it might be. Might be, Yes. I wouldn't mind because I remember seeing a couple of those and that's the kind of animation you'd want to go for. Uh, Y'all mentioned the family guy, which I do not like. And not just being the animation, because one thing the family guy does is always has those flashback in jokes or commentary on pop culture and everything. Always a reference all the time. Of course, the Bundys were doing that in the latter seasons. The comics would be a much better template for what you want the Bundys to be. Even I'd even prefer the Simpsons. Hmm. Right. 
I don't know if they're going to do time travel. I think they would do flashbacks, like Steven said, more than anything. I think especially being a family guy situation, that's huge for them. Just like f- flash cuts to just things they're talking about or whatever. Like, and But I don't think anybody wants a family guy version of married children. I hope it's not very similar. Adding to that, I hope they don't stray from the source material. I thought one of the best jokes was that you never saw Piggy's mother. Yeah. It's left to the imagination. Yeah. And when you get to animation, that's when they try and take that imagination away from you. I mean, how big is she? So that's my big problem with the uh, animated series. Or that's one of my problems with it. Right. Well, I mean, as others have said, it all depends, you know, when, when will they set it, how will it look like? I'm not one for realigning the canon, so to speak. But mind you, Married to Children's canon is very off anyway. So, personally, I hope they set it, like I said, um, if they're going to have all the No Man guys, at least set it from, like, 1994 onwards in the show's universe. Uh, yeah, so, this is why I said, of course, you're optimistic earlier, because it has to be done right, and Family Guy, the plots are too incoherent, because obviously Married to Children was a live-action cartoon by the show's end, but it still had more coherent plots than Family Guy ever did. Right. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of No Ma'am, just jumping around a little, what about that element of the show? I mean, that was originally introduced in Season 8, came into prominence in Season 9, We have uh, such characters as Bob Rooney, Ike, Officer Dan. I think in terms of doing an animated series, you're going to have a lot of material you can work with to to develop plot lines. But then the question becomes, do you just recycle the script from the past? In other words, set it up so that's the exact same joke, just now, you know, the exact same joke, the exact same construct. Like, for example, putting the antenna on the roof of the house. You could do that, and you could do it in an animated way, and you could do it very funny. Like, you know, you could see, like, you know, uh, Alan Jefferson getting electrocuted, and you have, like, the actual uh, lightning bolts running through the body, right? <laughs> but uh, they've done that already. Is it just now that you're going to try to find another plot line to follow using those characters? And they can obviously, I'm imagining, let's say, 22 to 26 episode series, right? You know, seasons, excuse me. And, you know, you could probably get three or four episodes just with no man per season. Well, that's a, one thing with animation that you have to remember. Usually, with animated series, don't produce as many episodes as, say, live ones. Yeah. Uh, I know The Simpsons is an exception. I don't know about Family Guy. South Park, their seasons are usually much shorter than, say, a live action thing. So I don't think you would see a bunch of episodes per season probably maybe 12 to 15 at most especially if it's on a streaming service i think they do fewer episodes on streaming they do. yeah i mean dis- disenchantment mm-hmm. seasons aren't that long so it all depends on what route they take because simpsons family guy kicking the hill they are full seasons south park beats it with its own drum so does rick and morty and if it's on a streaming service like rick and morty budget horseman they tend to be like 10 or 12 episodes and Futurama, that's that's coming back too, don't forget. And their last few seasons were chopped in half, so they could do... Well, they they did movies for, for a bit, and then they chopped those up into four episodes each, and then they did a, a full season, but they would chop it up in half. So what was shown on TV and what was then released on DVD was actually slightly different, so they sort of made shorter seasons, but they did fewer episodes altogether anyway. 
I want to interject this because it just suddenly occurred to me. I just hope that it does come out and it comes out well. I hope they don't try to. I hope they keep in the spirit Michael Moyer did, and that is good, clean, or not, well, not clean, but good fun and poking fun at other things instead of trying to make a, some sort of point. Because that is one thing I think people are sick of are shows that are trying to make a point and try and get your attention and raise your consciousness. I mean, Rima Children has never raised the consciousness. And I, I like that. <laughs> I like that because when you're, you want to turn off your mind and just laugh. And that's what I've always appreciated about them, especially during the last few years. Everything now is politics, so they're probably going to make Al like a heavy Republican and, and like Bud will be a liberal. And there's going to be like, you know, like that would be what they would do today. Like they would push it that way, the way it did with the Simpsons, basically push the, the political agenda. Yeah, I hope it's nothing like that. And I know Al even said, I mean, in real life, Ed, he kind of like somebody asked, would you do anything different? And compared to what you did back then and he had a problem he was like yeah we made fun of fat people all the time and all this other stuff and he was kind of like horrified that he did all that stuff so yeah i'm wondering now i just don't see him making fat jokes a, a woman was in the shoe store and three women were orbiting around her you know like i, I don't think he's gonna <laughs> stuff like that <laughs> you know so it's it's the politics and the pc thing will impact this even as far as what ed's willing to do <laughs> so yeah there will be an impact and it's not going to help the show i don't think yeah no unless they find really good writers or producers who can work around that and find other things to joke about otherwise you would have to set it back in the 80s 90s to make those jokes or you have to be political or make it very clear that you are satirizing things you've got to make it very very clear these days that you, if you're going to satire if you're going to be satirical about something you've got to make it very clear that you're a satire or people take everything at face value so it, one of the main things i'm worried about is it needs good solid writers and not like say season 11 of married with children which had a bunch of new writers just fresh out of college and they tried to they either hadn't seen the show in the early days or they've just written to the stereotypes or just the, the standard jokes that they are familiar with and that's why it sort of came off a bit weaker and, and they just had the obvious gags I, I want it to be sort of better than that if that makes sense yeah and, and those are great points that you make Annabelle about audience uh, to me I feel like if you want to go the route of political incorrectness of back then it's almost impossible because the, the the audience is today's audience. I mean, when the jokes were made back in the 80s and 90s, it was playing to that audience. Many of us were around back then, and we remember that style of comedy, and we find it funny. But I'm going to say, take an 18-year-old watching this. Let's say, or just even, forget about the animated series. Just go back to the original series itself. Watching, let's say, season three of Married with Children... 18 years old today, present day, 2022. How do they react to that? They've grown up with a different view of comedy. And are they mature enough, quote unquote, to understand that? 
myself as a, as an eight year old, Alex, I think you were like seven or eight years old when you started watching it, right? I mean, um, I would say the most I can remember is eleven. Yeah. Okay. Annabelle, you were fairly young as well. I mean, Stephen, I know you said you were in college. Matt, you were a zygote. <laughs> I mean, gleam in the eye. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, like as a generation, we were used to a certain type of comedy. If you remember when we interviewed Jennifer Lyons, she said that she loved that type of comedy, and that type of comedy is not done anymore. And for myself, for example, growing up in the '80s, you know, I was watching a lot of reruns of shows from the 70s and 60s. I was watching old movies. I didn't get cable television until the early 90s. So I was watching broadcast television. So you had a lot of this old stuff that played. And I was very familiar with it. I was very familiar with the comedy of the 1940s, for example, or 1930s. As someone who's 18 years old today has never seen any of that stuff. I mean, most of them haven't. You have to play to that audience. And that, to me, is going to be one of the, the issues about how the show gets written, because you have to play to that audience. You know, there is a series of YouTube videos, not a whole lot, but a few of them, of people like young people and today's women, like 18 to years old, 11, 12, watching Mary with Children hearing some of the jokes and to look at their facial expressions, they're like laughing and shocked at the same time. <laughs> so I think you really hit on something there. The sad thing is comedy could be used to, um, it can be used to raise your consciousness in some way. I always look to blazing saddles because when you're laughing at some of the jokes in there, you have to ask yourself, Oh my God, I'm actually laughing at this. That might get you to think a little bit, but still, I'll see if I can't dredge up some of those videos and put them on the Facebook page for Married with Children. And you'll see what I mean exactly. They're like, their eyes wide, they can't believe they said that. Then they just burst out laughing. Right. Let's talk about style. We sort of touched on this a little earlier. Alex, uh, for example, how do you think from a style perspective the show would work? Would it work more as a farce in terms of how it was in the later seasons, like seasons nine plus? Or do you think it should be more grounded, let's say, from like seasons two to three, et cetera, like in terms of how the, the series at least should start off? I think it'll be more like eight through 11. I don't know. It's, it, it's, I think it's going to be like more like eight through 11. Um, what would work? I think either would work, but they're basically just kind of joining the two worlds together. I mean, they, they basically became a live action cartoon so now they're just a cartoon and it's just the same thing you know <laughs> i think that's what it would be but what would you want i guess is my question right i guess that you could do more with eight through eleven and since eight through eleven's good enough i guess it would fit better and and you could explore more i think that's what really it, you could take more avenues that way because obviously you go outlandish and if you're trying to do something like season, you know, three through six or whatever, it's like, I don't know. It's hard to say either one. Again, we I'm, we'll always kind of bring up the Simpsons in this discussion, I guess. Like even when they were doing their earlier stuff, Matt Groening was really insistent that their faces they were making were faces people can actually make. He didn't like when it became cartoonish, even in the, you know, in those early seasons. So 
if they could stay grounded for 10 years and put out their best content, obviously Married with Children can also. But I think the expectation, I think Married with Children, like what we think of them, I think the perception of Married with Children is going to shape this show. It's not what they really were or anything like that. I think it's the perception and what maybe people would expect. And you got to remember, when you mentioned the audience they're going for, yes, they're going for a new audience. They're not interested in us exactly, the people who watched it back then. But of course they are, because why would anyone watch it if they didn't know the original show? But I guess it doesn't matter. I suppose a new show is on and people watch regardless. But will it still be called Married with Children? I don't even know. It's, it's just like they're going for that audience, but they're also catering to today's audience. So it's like a weird mix and it's like what do you do exactly if you if you have to stay pc and you have to stay grounded and it's a cartoon what do you do i don't know it's it's a tough one that's something i would have to like sit in a meeting and like bounce ideas off people for hours to really figure out the best approach to this it's just something i can't even again like annabelle i haven't given this that kind of thought because i don't really exactly believe it, it's gonna happen <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's all I can come up with at this moment. I would hope that it was that if they got the Bundys back, that it's the Bundys as we know them, regardless of what time it's set in, but it's, you know, the Bundys and the Bundy home, and they don't take these characters and put them into outer space, for example, in a completely different time zone or, or whatever. I mean, I just want it to be as it were. I mean either set back then or set now but it's the Bundys and the Bundy home they just haven't taken these characters and put them in an entirely different place unless they can think of something really good that would work but I'm skeptical about all that kind of stuff and on a similar note are they would they keep the same theme song because that was expensive and they had to replace it once already on the DVDs and like there's all these things you know we don't know if if Michael Moyer is even involved or has signed off on anything or has to sign off on anything because one of the roadblocks with getting Faustino's original idea up and running was that Ron Levitt's son would not sign off on it so there's a lot of things we could speculate on and wonder about without actually talking to these people if they do go through with it, I just hope it's there's some sort of familiarity there, at least for me. I mean, I'd love to see them in the home as they were either present day or still back then. I don't want them to be taken out of that. I guess just keeping that family dynamic. I mean, and with the neighbours coming over or whatever, unless they think of something really awesome. Right. But yeah, I'm sceptical. Okay. Stephen? I'm really sceptical on this one too. Just because of the, uh, the whole dynamic of it. And we're talking about a continuation, not necessarily a reboot. Like, you're picking up, you're going to want to pick up where you left off. It's more or less. And when you have a reboot, usually there are some um, significant changes. Of course, everyone's grown up. That's not the case with uh, this attempt at reboot. Because... It's timeless. You don't have, you're not confined. I think I'm losing my train of thought here. Yeah, this is the kind of question where you do lose your train of thought. Like, I felt like I was doing the same thing. Yeah, like, I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, like, uh, floundering here. I like, I don't know. It's a, it's a really 
It's a lot. Like I said, it raises too many questions. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, look, I, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer for any of us. Uh, yeah, I, I'm just curious to, to know what each of us thinks. Matt, I mean, like, what are your thoughts on that? All right. So in terms of where I want the show to go, in terms of style, personally, I don't want them to be some sort of outlandish um, setting unless, as Annabelle said, they can really pull it off. So I'd like them to be in the same house. And as for um, ch- change of situation, obviously, if Kelly and Butter their own families and they visit, like, say, an all in the family after Mike and Gloria moved down and had Joey, uh, that would be a change of situation. But I think I could live with that as if it was done well. And as for the style of comedy, now that's a tricky one. See, I'm the, obviously the freak of the group and then I discovered it in reruns late after it ended, so I'm not exactly the original view of the show and my sense of humour is not the same as most people um, from my generation. I'd be up for the show's humour. I'm not sure um, how I will translate because people my age tend to know me as the guy who loves Mary to children. I've converted a few of my friends as fans, but most of my friends are like... Of course, Matt, or... Oh, you still watched... How many times have you seen that show? (laughs) Are you a Family uh, Guy fan, Matt? Ah, well, as I mentioned earlier, Annabelle, when I was a teenager and a young adult, and I had Foxtel at my mum's house, I'd watch Family Guy if it was on. If it was channel surfing, and I found it on, I'd watch it, but I never actively hunted it out, like I did with, say, Simpsons, South Park, Futurama, King of the Hill... Rick and Morty, Beavis and Butthead, the list goes on and on. So again, it depends on like, is Moya involved? Will any of the original writers come back? That's another thing. See, if they get any any of the original writers back, aside from perhaps some of the one-offers in the later seasons, that'd be, put it a bit higher up in my book as well. Just so many factors. I'd love to see as much original comedy as possible, but at the same time, I understand that most a lot of people my age and younger would react differently, so... Uh, as you said, Luigi, a 16-year-old today in 2022 would probably react differently to 16-year-old me in 2007. Right. We all are a product of our time. I mean, because one of the points in the article from Deadline.com is that they mentioned that Sony TV recently took this route of a reboot with another classic sitcom, Good Times, which they say will be produced by Netflix. Now, to me having been a fan of Good Times and watched it again in reruns in the 80s, I mean, to me, Good Times is timeless. It is a time capsule of 1970s comedy. So to me, like, again, not having seen it, it hasn't been released. How would you do that? Would you want to do it in the present day? But the comedy of Good Times was the comedy of living in Cabrini Green in the 1970s. So how do you capture that in the modern era like almost 50 years later it'd be interesting to see the route that they take i mean personally i always liked the comedy of uh, you know i'd say the early seasons especially seasons two through four but i sort of agree i mean if you're going to go the animated route probably and, and at least with the characters it's going to be a later a later seasoned universe and then how the direction of the comedy is going to be really dependent on which way they want to take it now there was a couple of comments made out on the on the internet. And Annabelle, was it uh, Twitter or Instagram where uh, you sort of uh, conversed very briefly with Jerry Cohen? It was Twitter, yes. So on the 17th of May, Christina Applegate tweeted about this from the Deadline article. 
She didn't say anything about it. She just posted the link to say that the animated series was heating up. And Jerry Cohen replied to her and said, possibly the strangest idea I've ever heard. And I replied to him and Christina, because she was in, in on the conversation, but she didn't reply to either of us, just FYI. But I was replying to Jerry Cohen and I said, yes, I'm conflicted. By the way, have you been approached to be involved? Knowing that he probably hadn't, but I wanted to at least have a conversation with him and get him to say something. And he said, and I quote, oh no, there would be no role for a live action director on an animated series. Nevertheless, the necessity of this eludes me. And that's how I feel. I mean, uh, the necessity of it, eludes me too. I want them to be back together, but in a room together or whatever, but there is no necessity for it. But we live in an age of nostalgia where things are getting rebooted left, right and center and people are desperate for new content and they want things to come back and they want, oh, we want more married with children. I mean, I see it every day on my page and on YouTube, everywhere. But because of all the things we've already discussed, we're just not sure it would work. We have to wait and see. Well, let me throw this question in. Let's talk dollars and cents, <laughs> all right? So now you have the four main cast members. Think about it. They don't have to go into a studio. They can record dialogue in their home studio. How much work could it be a week? Maybe a couple hours worth of work? Probably a, a, a good paycheck for all of them, anyone who's involved with it. Most of the work is going to be on the animations. To them, it's like, hey, you know, it's a job. I'm going to make some money off of this thing. And, Very easy and, money. and, and obviously, there's going to be uh, marketing around that. And you know, maybe there'll be, I don't know, lunch boxes and uh, there'll be, uh, you know, maybe like a new line of bobblehead dolls and their new and their animated <laughs> like, likenesses and, and that kind oh, of yes. stuff. Oh, yes. Right? Uh, you know, like I can see that, yeah, it, this is a brand and you know, I'm going to make some money off of it. Because, and I'm now introducing it to a younger generation of people who will be spending money. Who knows? Maybe there'll be like a, a Nintendo Switch game for it. <laughs> I don't know, Alex. Like, Alex, what do you think of that for the money side of it? That's definitely a plus doing it from home and, you know, everybody making money without putting many hours into it. And that's definitely probably something that attracts all of them to this project. But not to go off track, but I do have a million other questions. Like, uh, for example, why is this okay to do? What was the holdup with the married with grandchildren or whatever all those years? But suddenly this is a green light. Like you said, is Michael Moy signing on, Moyer signing off on this? Is, is that kid of Ron Levitt signing off on this? Next. Oh, ho, ho, ho. What do you want for Christmas, little boy? Well, I want an end to pollution. Let's start here. Huh? <laughs> Always remember that Santa hates you. What's he gonna do? Make me a shoe salesman? <laughs> Why is the red tape gone suddenly? What does animation have some kind of bearing on it? Like, what's the difference? Like, why? And yeah, like that music. I mean, I think something about the the redistribution for DVDs. 
the the cost must be different than it is when you're putting it on on your current show that airs every week because why would they pay for it for all those years but suddenly for the dvd release they decided it's not worth it or whatever the case it's like a weird thing so i think they probably could get that music back and stuff like that but i wonder like with the the legalities if they have to change the name do they own the characters but not the show name married with children like is it going to be married with children and all that stuff like there's just a lot of like weird things like why is this okay because it made me think when um jerry cohen said why is this a necessity like i wonder if it is and that's why we're able to do it at all if they have to go animated because it strays enough where it's legally okay to do or something well, you know, I, I think my answer to that, Alex, would be some dollars are better than zero dollars, <laughs> right? I, I, oh, yeah, I, yeah. I, I mean, if you're not using Married with Children as a song, you're not making any money at all, right? So, I mean, just taking the song as an example. But if you are using it, hey, you're still going to make something off of it. And again, this is a song... At this point, it's been out for almost 70 years. I'd say uh, probably came out in mid-50s. 55 during the capital years, right? Uh, that Sinatra was... Uh... It was capital Records, yes. So I'm just saying, you know, hey, it, it just ends up being like a moneymaker for them. I mean, even if it's a little bit of money, right? <laughs> even if they make a million dollars as opposed to $100 million, it's still money. Right. Uh, that, that's sort of like my take on it. Matt, what, what are your thoughts on that? Well, again, because obviously, I mean, they can record, as I said, they can record the home studios. Now, the big factor is how much money they spend on the animation, because animated shows, as we all know, vary in animation quality and style, because making an episode of The Simpsons takes a long time, nine months, start to finish, and costs more than, say, an episode of South Park, which is animated within a week. So, it depends. How will this Married to Children animated version be actually made? Are we, are we going to do a Phil Simpsons process, which takes nine months? Is it going to be whacked out in a month and marathon sessions like South Park? Is it going to be somewhere in between? We just don't know how it's going to be animated. And as for the theme song, well, again, I mean, the copyright would have been renewed at least twice. I suppose they could always use the reprise version if that's easier, because that's still Love and Marriage, but just the inferior 60s re-recording. Or they could always use a different theme song. I mean, I've got a couple in mind, and even an Australian song that could, that could work. Which one? Uh, Skyhawks' All My Friends Are Getting Married. They could always use that one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, when it comes to the dollars and cents, I'm still totally unclear on how you make money through streaming. I know Netflix has done it successfully to a certain extent, at least until recently, but I just don't know how all that works. So I'm just kind of in the dark how they could make money. You know, you've mentioned Jared Cohen. He uh, said he doesn't know if this is necessary. What reboot or sequel is necessary? And you have to have an open mind that you want to make more money off of it. I think he might be more concerned with quality than it is with money because the show was set in the eighties and nineties. And like we discussed before, how are you going to transfer that into modern day, which has the potential for some good humor, but you just don't know how it's going to pan out, how it's going to work. I was really surprised to hear that all four cast members were in on it. 
because I've always gotten the sense, and I mentioned this before in the podcast, that Ed O'Neill was tired of that character and was kind of glad when it was canceled because of his story that he heard from two other people while he was vacationing. And when he heard the news, he bought them a bottle of wine. Yeah, well, that was 25 years ago. They just got married. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so well, maybe he's got a renewed interest, of course. Anybody would well, like... The, most of us might have gotten a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. yeah, could be money. Yeah, I mean that's a great motivator. <laughs> yeah, it certainly motivates me. Yeah, well, they did say when the Bud thing was around in about 2014, 2015, the other Bundys had said that they would do, say, a one-off episode for him. So they would do it for each other. But I don't know if they have other reasons to do it. I don't think any of them need money. And well, certainly not a couple of them. And, yeah, Ed, and Ed and Katie do not need money. Yeah, they don't need no. money. But I don't think Christina <laughs> wouldn't either. I don't think so. I mean, depending on how their royalties are, but either and Faustina does a lot of voice work anyway, so he might be like he he might have sold it to them and said, "Look, this is a good idea. This is going to be the best and easiest money you're ever going to make." And there might be some more royalties involved and probably said if you four if the four of us are involved it will get sold i mean we don't know we're just speculating but yeah i mean <laughs> the whole thing is i don't know because i don't know what they're going to do i don't know the direction they're going to take i think it's going to be set in the present day because if they had to set it back when married children uh, like say 97 98 they would have to go back and check everything but i think they'd rather have those characters from then but in the present day dealing with modern technology like we touched on one of the great tragedies for me is you know married with children ended right before viagra became a popular thing so to speak <laughs> so can you imagine what happened what would have happened uh with al and peg discovering viagra the food <laughs> that peg would have had peg would be sneaking it in al would never be avoiding <laughs> for a change he would get him this juice yeah <laughs> Yeah, if you remember, uh, and baby makes money when Al was popping those uh, the, uh, the birth control pills, right? Actually, Peg was popping them, right? I could I could see yeah. her like popping him, pop them, right? <laughs> One of my favorite scenes. How <laughs> do you think that would work though? Like, if they put Bud and Kelly at their late teens, early twenties, but had it today, like, would that just be like a total, you know, like? It's just the weirdest thing. Like you can't do both, right? Like yeah. It- <laughs> and, and and that's why I think like flash, you know, like the whole I said time travel. And Alex, I think you said it more correctly. Flashbacks. In other words, they can jump around. I mean, you can have a series set in, in a time, and it could be, for example, you know, it could be the eighties, but then like you can have them jump around. It's like you could flash forward and flash back an episode can take place exclusively in the 80s or it could exclusively take place when Bud and Kelly were kids in the 70s. You have that ability with an animated series. It's just a matter of seeing how it's going to play out. But I mean, I, I really think it's like, look, if everybody's been on this bandwagon of rebooting things, like I said, some money is better than no money. So I, I think, Annabelle, I think you summed it up well. It's like, hey, this is easy money <laughs> and it'll get sold. At a minimum, you'll have at least one season, if not two, of this. Mm. So we'll see how it goes. That leads me to my next question. 
are we concerned about brand dilution? And I think I've sort of heard that from everyone, <laughs> myself included. Like I, and I mean, even Michael Moyer, I mean, he had said he was very happy with how it ended. But I mean, if he has to make a decision in this, I mean, part of it could be, well, hey, you know, if there's some money to be made, why not? If everybody else is making money. So I don't blame them. But are you concerned about brand dilution? I'm not too sure what you mean by brand dilution. Can you explain that a little bit more? Like if it's going to be a pale version of what it used to be? So Married with Children itself is a brand, right? And we have the jokes and, you know, we have people's remembrances of it. So now all of a sudden, if if this thing ends up being a clunker, is that going to taint the memory of Married with Children? Because it's like, you know, well, this animated series really sucked. Does that take away from the work that had been done through their 11 seasons of the live action original? I've- yeah, I would. That's the danger when you go into that stuff. Fuller House, never really watched it. I was not a fan of the first one, but that didn't seem to work very well. That was brand dilution. And nothing's worse than a TV series that's going out the door, but they're still trying to cling on to things. I think Mary Richardson did that in seasons 10, 11, heavily, although there are some gems in there. But. You know, the reboots thing, sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. Cobra Kai was done incredibly well, but you can't always rely that that's going to be the case that goes on. And reboots have been trying many other things before that were popular, except for Cobra Kai. Of course, there was a movie before it was a TV series. That's probably one of the few exceptions to the rule. Maybe the Connors would also fall in there, but usually reboots and to take something from being live action to animated, I hope this doesn't insult their ending even worse. I thought it went at Mary Wichon went out ignobly. And I hope this doesn't add insult to injury. That's what I hope as well. I mean, if one thing people say a lot is married children never got the final episode they deserved. I don't know if this animated series will touch on that. If they'll wrap it up and like be a one a short one series wonder, one season wonder, and have a final episode of sorts, or if this will even fill that void. So again, I don't know. I'm looking forward to what their ideas are, but I don't know if I'm going to like them. I, I think it's going to be more in the vein of Family Guy, but I hope the characters at least look more unique or look more how we know them. I sort of watch Family Guy, but my main problem with it is they take jokes too far. They don't know when to stop the joke sometimes, or a lot Amen. of things. And, yeah, and that's that's what I fear, amongst other things. <laughs> the one thing everyone's kind of glossing over is that no one's really addressing the fact that it's like the Family Guy people. I guess none of us are huge fans, so no one has any real reference points to make not really i mean i haven't watched oh. it recently no i imagine right. tyler is yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah one guy not not here yeah. but like i said like they, they don't know they don't know when to end the joke family guy and some of it just goes on and on and then it's it's not funny anymore i like some of their snappier pop culture tv references they are They're quite cool but i can sit and watch married children until the cows come home with family guy there's only so much i can take right I don't know what that says about me, but that's just the truth. Right. It tells me you and I, it tells everyone that you and I have the same criticism of it. Right. Because mm. sometimes married children can do that. Too, sometimes. sometimes. 
Sometimes, but not to yeah. not to a no. this extent. No, yeah. no, I mean, yeah. I, 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 apples and oranges yes. comparison, my opinion. Now, now, Alex, yes. you're a huge Cobra Kai fan, right? So, I mean, Stephen yeah. made the point about. I feel like Cobra Kai, since it's been such a popular series and it's done very well, it has increased or actually added value to the original brand. Like, in other words, there's an interest with the younger people going back to the original Karate Kid movies because of Cobra Kai. And you see, that was my whole question about the brand dilution. My concern is that if it's done well, I mean, again, I mean, I think I'm just hearing a general skepticism from all of us. I feel like if the if the animated series is done well, that could actually translate into dollars for them, for people going back, who are, again, those 16, 18-year-olds today, going back and looking at the original series if they have never done it before. But if it's done poorly, the reverse would happen. But I mean... I mean, Cobra Kai, I think, is a great yardstick. I mean, like, what are your thoughts on that? Well, now they would just subscribe to Peacock or something to to go back to the old one, to the old show. I mean, it wouldn't, like, I'm not sure if it would even translate. Like, if this show was so great, is everybody going to subscribe to Peacock? Or, or I don't even know if it's still on Hulu, too, or something. But, yeah, will people who love this cartoon who are young then seek out the old mm. show? I don't I'm not necessarily sure they would. I I kind of I don't know if young people think that way exactly or if they make those types of efforts or if they or they're that motivated for something like that. I do, but I'm not I'm not as young as I used to be and I'm not most young people see I me. Mean, I did when I was 16, 17, but then again, as I said before, I was not like most 16 or 17 year olds. So, so much has changed in the last 15 years. I mean, back then it was about buying the DVDs. Now it's just about streaming, which may or may not generate as much money and just uh, it, like like a lot of things in this re- reboot idea, just so many things up in the air. Yeah, but I I'm almost thinking that a 16-year-old who, let's just say, for whatever reason, did what we're saying, and if he watched one of the greatest episodes ever, he thought he could, I'm not even sure that it would strike him the same way. And he might go, eh, I like the cartoon more. I'm just going to stay wait till next season for the cartoon. And that's it. I'm not even sure that style of writing or humor or anything would land with a right a 16 year old today like i i don't really think so I, it might be i don't know it might it might be the kind of thing that you had to be there i agree you know alex i wholeheartedly agree i mean yeah. you know sometimes you know we've had discussions about the podcast and i i always say to alex our style of the podcast is a little different i mean alex had a rapport with his co-host you know which predated the podcast I always felt like your era of the podcast, Alex, was a little more fun because it was more like interactive banter. We're a little more technical in the sense that, you know, we go through the episode and we really dissect the jokes and we're more heavy on references and whatnot. And I just think that's the nature of the beast. Also, I think, you know, as the seasons went on, the nature of the show changed where like there was very little pop culture at the beginning compared to the later seasons, you know, so just to be fair. A 16-year-old watching, I don't know, let's take a a season seven episode that was heavy on pop culture. Let's say the the Fuzzy McGee one, right? I thought that was one of the the great podcasts that you did. (laughs) Right. For two reasons. One, I mean, you really made me think that, you know, when Ed O'Neill, 
and hopefully in a hundred years passes, how are people going to remember him? Like, I feel like the news media will probably use the scenes from that episode. Right. So I, I think you're spot on on that. But, you know, there was so much, uh, Stacey Lip, I think, wrote that episode, and there was so much, so many cultural references on that. Is that going to land with, uh, you know, an 18-year-old unless you're an English major? No. I, I, I don't no, think so. No, I don't think so. <laughs> no. Like the people, there'll be kids who haven't heard of Married with Children, who let alone heard of other TV shows that existed in the exactly. 60s and 70s. <laughs> kids, when they watch it, they're going to know who Senator Bob Packwood was, and they probably won't care because, ooh, that sounds like politics. They don't want to probably go that route, do the research. So unless they listen to our podcast, they're not going to know who he was or, you know, who uh, Joey Buttafuoco was, because you all remember that stuff. That was contemporary for them. And I did check here. I looked it up on Internet Movie Database. Mary Witchell is trending up what? now. What? Uh, 400%. Yes. Yeah, it's hmm. trending up. I like that, but I think it's mostly because of this announcement first of all and secondly i think i've had this experience too when i see oh i haven't seen that show in ages and then i watch it and then i realize "Eh, it wasn't as good as i remember it to be (laughs) and i think sometimes we forget that at that time there were some clunkers too i you know i I in cincinnati but uh when you rewatch it, you know, I still love it. It's still one of my favorites. But there's one season I typically avoid, and that's the third season. It got a little bit too preachy then. And it wasn't incredibly funny. When you look back on stuff like that, you think it's funnier than it really is. My parents had the same thing when they saw Johnny Carson was being replayed, his old Tonight Show stuff. And I remember my mom saying, it's not as funny as I remember it. And I think that's probably... The same thing for anyone. You look back more on nostalgia as opposed to quality. And some people will eat up nostalgia despite the quality. And that's what I want. I want a quality show to uh, reaffirm that nostalgia. I think Over Kai has done that masterfully. I just don't know if this is going to happen here with uh, Mary with Children Animated. Right. Can you imagine Cobra Kai if it came back as a cartoon? Oh, yeah. That'd be mm. awful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think the cartoon thing is going to not be a plus here. I don't know. All right. Well, like I, said, I think, you know, we have to wait and see. My prediction is it would probably, if they're going to put it together, it'll probably take about a year for us to see something or maybe even as like a mid-season replacement but i mean i i can't see anything in 2022 it would have to be sometime in 2023 at the earliest that we would see something and then you have another issue i mean how old is ed o'neill now 76 he's up there that's the same age as my stepdad and i think he's taking care of himself but you never know what's going to happen around the corner yeah i try not to think about that (laughs) yeah well, I've been thinking about it more lately since I'm 55 and getting up there. Yeah. Oh, dude, I've been thinking about it with a lot of my favorite guys like Alice Cooper and what's his name? Um, the Homer guy and, and Hulk Hogan. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, Dan Castellan and Hulk Hogan and like all these guys that are like right at, you know, I hate to say it, but yeah, like the next 10 years are not going to be kind to us. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like a couple weeks ago, I went to Dallas. 
with my brother, we went to go see a concert by Colin Hay. And if you don't remember him, he was a lead singer and principal songwriter for Men at Work. Yep. And I really wanted to see, he's my favorite guitarist of all time. I play guitar and I'm always watching his stuff. And his original stuff is awesome. He's more like a folk singer now. And my goal was to go there and see him because I'm thinking he's getting up there. He may not be around much longer. You don't know, but it might be. He may not be able to play guitars for some reason or may have a stroke. That's always a possibility. Colin Hay even looks like Al Bundy. <laughs> no. <laughs> that brings up a point, though. Maybe they're doing this, and they said yes to this, because time is running out. And yeah. this is something mm-hmm. that they can hang on to and they can do. And they can probably record it now and record a whole bunch and then just let the animators and the producers work on it until it's ready to come out. So if something does happen, knock on wood, that they've got this in the bag at least. Yeah. Because yeah. we know Christina is sick. We don't know she's going to get better. She might. But the sad realization is that she does not want to be Kelly Bundy on screen in, in the flesh anymore. She was saying this before she got sick. She doesn't want to be seen in a miniskirt ever again. The her words. So, yeah, things like that. So they can do this now, and that's probably a huge incentive for them to say yes. <laughs> no one's putting a gun to their head, but I, I think that's part of the incentive. All right, that's going to lead me to last question for this roundtable. When we interviewed Michael Moyer, one of the things we consciously did was we avoided talking about Terry Ricolta. And the reason was Michael has answered so many questions about Terry Ricolta that us asking the question again would just be a repeat. So we felt that if you really wanted to know his thoughts on Terry Ricolta, you could just go out on the internet. If you go on YouTube, type his name in, there's always some remembrances on the whole Ricolta boycott. For the animated series, the question would be, do you think we have a Terry Ricolta type of incident repeating itself? Now, I feel like in light of today's stuff, like Family Guy, (laughs) I mean, if they didn't take Family Guy off the air (laughs) for the raunchy comedy that it had, I mean, Married with Children to me is very tame compared to that. So, I mean, is there a potential for that type of thing happening in the modern era? Well, I think definitely so, because everyone's always outraged on either Twitter, Facebook or Instagram or whatever about something that was said. I remember there was an old Simpsons episode when Ned Flanders cancel cultured somebody. And before that was a thing. And he made the comment, Rod and Todd says, daddy, what are you doing? And he says, getting something about somebody, about what something said that nobody else heard. Something to that effect. <laughs> and that's, I think it's inevitable because if it, the show is keeps in the same vein as it was back then, it's definitely going to get that type of stuff. Except this time, It'll be from a PC crowd as opposed to a religious school. I have to agree with that statement, yes. So probably outraged but from a different source as opposed to 1989. I mean, obviously there are other politically incorrect shows, but they're on cable or streaming, not not network television. If it isn't Fox, like the original one did, then no doubt there'll definitely be outrage, especially, as, you, as we've all said before, by those who weren't around or were very young when the show was originally first on and didn't see it and didn't grow up with that sense of humour. So... I'm not a dad yet, but uh, let's say 30 years from now and I've got kids of my own and they're grown up, they'll be like, 
Dad, why do you like this show? It's um, all this and all that. And I'm thinking, hey, 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 what, what you listen here? I can see my own children, and when I have them, um, criticizing me for liking Married to Children myself. So there. Or you could say, oh, that was a great show that was on once, and you know, 25 years after it ended, they came back with a, an attempt at an animated version, and it sucked ass. So we're not, we won't talk about that, but we'll just have just watch the original <laughs> show. That might be. <laughs> that might be one thing because you know this could all fall through and be crap yeah I've already got podcast stories that I tell my kids that's for sure hint hint <laughs> <laughs> good but uh, yeah I mean we could get a repeat of the Terry Ricolta types but I see it every day. I'm sick of seeing it, in fact, of people saying, oh, you can't do this these days. You can't show it these days. You get thrown off air. Well, you can actually show it these days, and you do, especially on streaming, where there, there are no restrictions for the most part. So if they're doing it on streaming, they probably would try to do it in the naughty family guy type of humor or rein it back in a little bit because Marriage Children is pretty tamed by Family Guy slash today's standards. If it's on network TV, it's a different issue, sadly. So people are going to complain no matter what. I mean, it might be too lame. I don't know. But I think it will will try to be outrageous. And one of my concerns, it will try to be outrageous for the sake of being outrageous and not therefore not funny. It will just be a reference to something for and then become a news story and to get ratings. But if it does attract attention, I hope it attracts attention in the best way possible. So it attracts and gets does get people interested in the old show. And out of all those people, all those young 16-year-olds who would not like the old show, there's got to be one or two in every few that do like it. And I hope they do, and I hope they rediscover the show because we see new fans come along all the time. I certainly have, and just new people who discover the show in reruns. I hope if this becomes a thing, it will reintroduce some people to the old show and they would like it, and in turn they will discover our podcast too. And I hope that, however minuscule, our podcast has done a little tiny percentage of getting this... You know, if if this works out, we could take 0.0001% of the credit for it being... <laughs> A thing these days but I hope it generates interest in a good way it probably will but like everything else I just don't know I mean you don't know how people are going to react you can't be offensive for the sake of being offensive if there's some point behind it maybe if it's a very good comment on society or life like Merida Children has done but Merida Children was never a political show it was nothing like that it was just a funny show so as long as they can come up with the goods they can cut the funny mustard I'm sort of I would look forward to seeing what happens and if people are going to be offended by something that's not offensive that's what I don't like just the whole thing in general I'm just I'm just I just don't know I just I'm I'm excited but I'm cautious and if if it fails we we just don't talk about it ever again (laughs) (laughs) yes yeah, I'm looking forward to the press about it as well. I, I like it when that generates interest. And then, you know, if you watch the entertainment news shows, they might show some old clips. And that stuff is crack to me. I just, I live on that kind of stuff. I want all this old footage that we haven't seen before. So I try to look for the good in things. So 
I'm an optometrist, you know. <laughs> I look at the pants and pretend they're half full. Alex. <laughs> as far as like a Recolta, I don't think so. I don't think, you know, like you get things like the Joe Rogan thing you heard about recently and stuff like that, but I don't really hear anything show-wise. I never heard, or like even Howard Stern back in the day, but like all that type of stuff seems things that don't happen much anymore unless it's a health or political issue or something like that. I don't know. I don't hear anything about South Park coming under fire like that or really any show. There were crazy things on Sons of Anarchy that you don't hear about. There's crazy things on Breaking Bad or whatever. Like you just don't hear anything. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just not in the loop. I don't hear about things like that anymore. I would say no. I don't think a big stink will be made over this. Like Beavis and Butthead when the kids set the house on fire because of that show. Like like that is just seems like a sign of the times. And that's kind of all ended in the 90s or whatever. Like it just I don't I just don't think it happens much anymore. And and everybody said if it's on streaming or whatever, then who really has any say over anything? And crazy stuff has been on TV since Married with Children. It's still pretty outrageous because when people say it's tame by today's standards, it's just like the what they're doing. Making fun of fat people is tame compared to what you've seen now on TV. But making fun of fat people is still kind of outrageous. And it's definitely you can't even do it anymore. So that shows that that, that alone is something. So, so I don't really like see that happening But as far as like the impact this will have on the old show, listen, I hope it does generate interest in the old show. And 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 yeah, like getting cannibal said, some 16 year old that show is going to jive with them, you know, even though it's from 87 or whatever. And and they're going to get it and they're going to love it. And so because we do, we know it is good. It will happen. I don't know if it'll happen in droves or anything, but it'll happen. It'll get a new audience because of that. And hopefully they stick with it and they don't just see it just to see what it's like and go, oh, yeah, that's cool. And then go off and do something else and forget to ever watch it again. Anything could happen. But yeah, that's that's basically my take on it. I just hope it's just not a show that we all say the show that shall not be spoken of. Hopefully it's not that bad, but I can't imagine. It seems to have competent people behind it. You got the talent of the original cast and with people's health issues and ages, maybe this is the only route to go. So hopefully everyone knows what they're doing. Do you still watch the Connors, Alex? No, but not, <laughs> not because I didn't like it or anything. Me and my wife, we just, we were doing good with going on Hulu, wherever it is. And then we blast through two or three and then uh, call it a night. But then we just forgot to go back. And sometimes I'll mention it and she'll be like, well, I really wanted to watch this right now though. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then now it's, it's honestly, it, it could have, it could be seven, eight months since I've seen it. And I'm like at the part where Darlene became like a boss in her plastic factory or whatever that is. Oh yeah. 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 She became like a manager. And then there was like a girl who's really a guy or something. Like what was her boss or something? <laughs> like yeah, her boss is trans. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I'm like right there, three episodes passed when she got that promotion, and that's it. So I don't know. Has a lot happened? Okay, so there's probably a, at least a good half plus, or even a whole season you haven't seen. Oh. No, I just, I just, I just think it's still a trip that 
Peg Bundy is on that show. Right. And spoiler alert, she's now married to Dan Connor. I mean, that's... Really? Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry to spoil that for you, but it's it's a bit of a head trip. But it's wow. interesting because The Connors is a successful reboot. And Futurama is coming back again. And wow. now Married to Children is potentially coming back. So Katie Seagal can, is, is fine for work until the end of time because she's involved with all of these projects. Oh, yeah. Hello, everyone. Chris Gunter here, the Married with Children podcast. And uh, I was not able to join the rest of the crew to record their uh, thoughts on the animated series. Fortunately, the Rona finally got to me. I was able to avoid it for, I guess, about 28 months, but finally got to me. So I wasn't able to join everyone else. But um, this is such an important topic. I did want to stop in and give my thoughts on it. And I've listened to the points and concerns uh, raised by um, Alex, Luigi, Stephen, Matt, and Annabelle. And um, I agree with a lot of what they're saying. I think they've raised some very valid points. Everything from the writing to the chemistry, animation, support characters, you know, the the laughing track and things like that. They're all valid points. You know, I guess I'll start with the writing. I know it's uh, the project is being uh, head by uh, a guy named Alex Carter who worked on Family Guy. I'm not familiar with Alex Carter myself, but if he works on the Family Guy, I assume he's talented. Personally, I'm not, uh, I wouldn't call myself a fan of the Family Guy, but I have watched it and I find it to be very funny, uh, the episodes that I have watched. It's the kind of show I don't really like watch religiously, but if I'm flipping through the channels and see it, <laughs> you know, I watch it and get a good laugh. And I've uh, enjoyed watching Ted as well. Uh, that was put out by Seth MacFarlane. So I'm not familiar with this Alex Carter guy, but hopefully he understands the show. You know, I think it was Annabelle who said that in season 11 of Married with Children uh, in particular, you could tell that a lot of the writers were young college kids who maybe didn't necessarily understand the show and this was their first writing project and they were making Al and, and uh, Peg and Bud and Kelly say things that they wouldn't normally say in the earlier seasons. So that's my biggest concern with uh, this new guy uh, is hopefully he actually understands Married with Children. Some of the other points that uh, were made, uh, and I think it was Stephen who mentioned the, the chemistry with live action characters. You lose that, you know, when, whenever two performers are working together on a stage or three or four performers are working together on a stage, they develop chemistry and play off of each other. Well, whenever Ed O'Neill or Katie Seagal are sitting at their home and their home studio, you lose some of that chemistry. So it'll be interesting to see how it works out. One of the other points that someone brought up was the laughing track. And, and, and I think that's a very valid point because one of the many things that made Married with Children very funny was the audience interaction. And you could totally tell that the actors fed off of that. And of course, you could put in a laughing track, but you lose some of the organic nature of the live studio audience. And I'll explain what I mean by that. When Al Bundy is sitting there eating a toothpaste sandwich, uh, you can hear the raucous audience going wild. And you can actually hear someone in the audience go, no, no, Al, don't do it. That wasn't planned. Like, you know, there wasn't there wasn't a producer or a stagehand with Married with Children that said, hey, somebody say, no, Al, don't do that. It just happened because <laughs> it was so funny. And with a laughing track, you would kind of lose some of that. That is a valid uh, concern. And uh, I believe it was uh, either Alex or maybe Matt that mentioned what are the animated characters going to look like? 
I also think that's a valid concern. Hopefully they actually look like real people, like the, you know, the King of the Hill route versus the Family Guy route or the, the South Park route, for example. So uh, hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully it actually looks like Al Bundy and Peg Bundy and uh, Bud and Kelly Bundy as well. So we'll see how that turns out. Now, I will say all these concerns are valid. I think there were good points made by everyone. With that said, let me just say this. Married with Children fans, for the better part of two decades now, have been practically begging for a reboot or a remake or a continuation or a, a one-hour special or a made-for-TV movie or something, anything, you know, anything. Well, we got it. And I, I think we should embrace this with open arms. I think making it animated does present some challenges, no doubt about that. But it also presents a lot of opportunities that are not possible if they were to try to do it live action. And I'll explain what I mean by that. First and foremost, you know, as everyone else already touched on, the age of the actors in real life. Ed O'Neill is 76 years old. Christina Applegate is 50. David Faustino is almost 50. Katie Seagal, 68 herself. So if they were to attempt to do a live action remake right now, it wouldn't be married with grandchildren. It would damn near be married with great-grandchildren. <laughs> Think about that for a moment. Ed O'Neill is 76. It'd be married with great-grandchildren. So I think animated is the route to go. This is our last-ditch effort to get a, a remake or a reboot, and I think we should embrace it. And here's how I see it working. I know there was a lot of talk about how, what age are the characters going to be and what era is it set in. I think the ages of the kids need to be somewhere between the ages of 15 and 20. And the reason why is, is if you think about when Married with Children was in its heyday, Bud and Kelly were in between the ages of 15 and 20. You know, we're talking seasons, you know, basically two through five here. And that's when the show was in its prime. And in my opinion, at least, I know everyone has a different view, but I think the kids should be between 15 and 20 and... Al and Peg should be late 30s, early 40s. I think that's the route to go. The thing to think about, and this is going to sound weird, but when Married with Children was originally made in the 1980s and 1990s, Al and Peg were baby boomers. If you go this route that I just said, where Al is now 40 years old, Al and Peg are now, you know, 40, 39 years old, something like that, they're now millennials. <laughs> And that means Alan Pegg grew up in a different era. So Al's football stories are now going to take place sometime in the, presumably in the late 1990s. So Alan Pegg would have went to school in the late 1990s or very, very early 2000s. So that cha totally changes the outlook of the show uh, with, with these character ages. But I think that's the route to go. And I also wanted to talk about some of the great opportunities that the show has now set during the internet era. Let's just kind of go down the list of characters here. Al, as Annabelle said, one of the most obvious jokes that you can make now is a Viagra joke. That wasn't possible in the, in the show's first run because Viagra didn't even exist yet. One of the other obvious jokes that I think you could make is Al's bus failed business ideas. That was one of the classic jokes in the original series. All of his uh, get-rich-quick schemes, most of which were utter failures, with the internet, 
and podcasting and things like that, there's a lot more opportunity. I totally think an obvious thing is Al needs to try to create a shoe podcast. In fact, I would be kind of disappointed if there's not an episode where he makes a shoe podcast that's a complete failure. <laughs> it's kind of like an updated version of, of Dr. Shoe, so to speak. <laughs> Jokes-wise, by the way, I feel like you can go back to the wheelhouse. All the original jokes, I think, can work in a new and updated manner. Al can't please his wife. Al's feet stink. Al feuds with Marcy. Al feuds with customers at the shoe store. Al's football glory days, which would now be said in the late 90s or early 2000s. Bud is a pervert. You know, he, he, he uh, can't get a woman, although he certainly did in the latter seasons. But if we're talking about Bud as a 15 or 16 year old, he struggles with women. And now in the Internet era, there's a lot more room for uh, more jokes like that. Bud has access to the Internet. He has new ways to be a pervert. You know, I could see Bud on uh, Tinder and Bumble. He can't get a date. All the, all the girls swipe left, you know, and make fun of him at school and things like that. Peg Bundy. We think that Peg bankrupted Al back in the 80s and 90s. Imagine what Peg could do shopping-wise with access to Amazon and eBay and Facebook Marketplace and all the other countless ways to shop online nowadays. I mean, every company that exists has an online website where you can go shop now. Peggy would go absolutely crazy shopping nowadays. Someone I haven't spoke about much, Marcy Jefferson and Steve. Now, you know, as we know, Ed O'Neill, Katie Seagal, Christina Applegate, and David Faustino are on board with this. Uh, it would seem obvious. It would seem pretty obvious. And I hope that they, uh, I hope that Alex Carter has extended an invitation to Amanda Beers, Ted McGinley, and David Garrison because. Marcy and her two husbands were a huge part of the show's success back in the day. And I do think, you know, I, I know someone said, well, how can Marcy have both husbands? Well, I see Marcy being married to Jefferson and I see Steve, you know, making some appearances and trying to get back with her. And that could be one of the few, in addition to Marcy's feud with Al, she could be feuding with her ex. And, you know, one of the last times that we saw Steve, he was a driver, you know, he was a, uh, Sort of like a limo driver, or a, he was driving for that that link, you know, the Lincoln Town Car, I believe it was, for the guy in the car wash episode. So, I see Steve, you know, an updated version of Steve. I see him being either an Uber driver, a Lyft driver, or even a taxi cab driver. And Jefferson, oh man, there are so many different ways you could go with Jefferson nowadays. It's it's kind of exciting because, as we know, fashion, has, you know, the way men dress and the way guys like Jefferson uh, dress nowadays, there's a lot of options there. I see him being a, a you know, a, a pretty boy just like he was in the 90s, tanning, uh, styling his hair, maybe even some tattoos up and down his arms. Yeah, I see this updated version of Jefferson, who's basically like a male gigolo. So that could totally work. And Marcy, everybody knows Marcy was a feminist back in the 80s and 90s. I see her being 10 times worse now, or I guess I could say better or worse, depending on what you believe. But point being, I see her feud with Al and men in general being much bigger now. And and that could actually draw in new viewers to the show. You know, you, you could potentially have people tune in to watch the show just because they love Marcy. So I feel like you can go back to the wheelhouse with the jokes. All the jokes that we know and love, I feel like you can go back to the wheelhouse because by that I mean you can go back and do all the old jokes. 
I'm not too concerned with the content because it's animated. When you make an animated show, you can push the envelope and do things that you could never do when it's live action. If you don't believe me, just turn on The Family Guy or turn on South Park or even The Simpsons. You can do things that you could never do if it's live action. And if Terry Ricolta or someone like Terry Ricolta wants to call for a boycott, I say go for it. Because in the end, people are going to decide to watch something. Whether or not the, if somebody wants to watch something, they're going to watch it. You're not going to stop them by calling for a boycott. And I, I think it pot could potentially bring in new viewers to the show. Now, granted, by and large, what's acceptable in society has changed over 30 years. But there's ways you can make the joke that you couldn't, that maybe you didn't have to worry about, uh, you know, 30 years ago. For example, I know one of the one of the biggest hot hot button uh, subjects is, you know, Al making fun of fat women. Well. The way to do that joke is a fat woman walks into the store and starts making fun of Al. She makes fun of him because he's balding or he makes minimum wage or he can't please his wife or his children don't respect him or whatnot. And then Al fires back with, well, at least I don't have three other women orbiting around me or or what have you. You know, pick, pick from the buffet of, uh, of fat women jokes that Al said over the years. You can make the joke work. Uh, there's always a way to make it work. That's my thoughts on that. The single biggest decision for the show, though, that's going to make it or break it, is how old are the characters and what era is it set in? And I stand by my beliefs that the way to make the show successful is make it set in current time, which ushers in a whole new era of opportunities with the Internet and technology and things that are available now as well as uh, it, it changes the alignment of the characters a little bit when you talk about traditional Al Bundy as a baby boomer and now he's a millennial. I, I realize some people aren't necessarily going to like that, but I just feel like if you make the show set in the 1980s again, or 1990s, you're going to rehash some of, the, some of the same jokes as before. Even more importantly, you miss out on the opportunities that are available now that weren't before, mainly the internet and smartphones and technology and things like that. So I think the, the route to go is to make the, the show set in current time. Al and Peg are in their late 30s, early 40s, and the kids are uh, in between the ages of 15 to 20. I think that's the route to go. The single biggest mistake that the show could make, I think Stephen was the one who said this, this would stink the show right here if they don't follow Michael Moyer's original plan of not sending a message or not teaching a lesson each episode. That was really, to me, what made the show great, is that no matter how ridiculous the concept was for that week, whether it be all the neighborhood women suddenly being uh, attracted to Al or Kelly getting a job as a meteorologist at the news station, I knew that I wasn't going to learn anything. I wasn't going to be taught a lesson. I wasn't going to be sent a message. I could just turn off my brain and enjoy the spectacle. And I think they need to, if nothing else, they need to stick with that. Because if they go the route of trying to teach a lesson or send a message, that's going to sink the show. So that's the biggest mistake they could make. So yeah, hopefully they don't go that route. Support characters. You know, I've, I've spoken in great length about support characters, seasons 9, 10, and 11. I think there's a lot of opportunity with that. 
I will say this. I, I don't want to get people too excited because nothing is set in stone and nothing is official. Everything's still up in the air and we're still probably at least a year away from getting anything. But I will say I have been in touch with Jennifer Lyons, Harold Sylvester, and Juliet Tablack, and all three of them have expressed some interest in throwing their name into the hat for the Married with Children reboot animated version. So again, no, I don't want to get people excited because nothing's set in stone, but those three have uh, definitely expressed some interest to me when I spoke to them about being involved. So, and I think it, I do think it would be a, you know, a, a big tragedy to to not have at the very least Harold Sylvester involved because the character of Griff was such a huge part of the show's success in seasons nine, ten, and eleven, and Amber and Ariel are one A and one B as far as Bud's best girlfriends uh, in the latter years of the show. You know, you can you can go to any Married with Children page on Facebook or Instagram or anywhere right now, and I can guarantee there's going to be a topic about either Ariel or Amber, one of the two. So they're very popular. It'd be great to see all three of those back, as well as the No Ma'am guys, you know, Bob Rooney, Ike, Officer Dan. Uh, it'd be great to see... Um, Unfortunately, the actress who played Gary is, is deceased, but it'd be great to see Gary back in some form. It'd be great to see Miranda Veracruz de la Hoya Cardinal back in some, in some form, but, but we don't know. We don't, we don't know what's going to happen, so it would be great to see those back, though, if uh, those characters back, if Alex Carter happens to hear this. So, But those are my thoughts on the show, uh, on the, the uh, thought of an animated uh, reboot of Married with Children. Uh, I think everyone brought up some very valid concerns. I would count myself as cautiously optimistic, but at the same time, I am very excited. I think the fan base should embrace it and definitely give it a chance. You know, we've wanted a reboot for many, many years or a remake for many, many years. And I realize this is maybe not the form that we thought uh, we might get. But at this point, given the, the stage of uh, you know life for the actors and actresses involved, I think this is the best that we're going to get. So I think we should embrace it. And enjoy it for what it is. And I look forward to hearing back to, uh, from our listeners' thoughts on uh, on everything we spoke about today. All right. And that's the last word on that. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to address this one thing. One of the questions that we got on Facebook was about the future of our podcast. So we are committed to completing the podcast season 11. And we will be on hiatus in the summer of 2022 for a little bit while we record and produce and get some stuff in the can ready for season 11. You know, once we get to the end of season 11, I mean, I think the consensus was that if we had some other interviews, if people got back to us or reached out to us and they were affiliated with the show and we could have an interview or perhaps uh, some specials, you know, maybe some roundtable discussions or other things of that nature, we would continue. There would be some additional content after we completed the series wrap-up. With an animated series, at this point, we don't know. <laughs> so if there is an animated series, I mean, do we review each episode of the animated series? Do we review a, se a season? I think the answer at this point is we don't know. And we don't know in what form, because it will be new content so Sony TV may not take too kindly to our podcast format. <laughs> we don't, we don't <laughs> yeah. know. So that is something to be determined. But for those of you who have been faithful listeners of our podcast, we really appreciate it. 
and appreciate your patronage. And we appreciate just that you tune in and listen every week. Before I close out, I just want to thank Alex again publicly. Alex, I hope uh, you've been very pleased with us. You know, we've been caretaking your podcast now for three seasons. And oh, yeah, thanks. Uh, hope that we've kept your vision alive and kept the uh, spirit alive. Yeah, it's been great. Like you guys said, you go way more into the details and dissect the references and everything more than I ever did. You know, I made definitely solid attempts. Like there was a time when I, even before I met you, I definitely deep dived into a couple things here and there. But then there are definitely things I like I'll listen back to and I missed definitely in like that first season i didn't even mention that that chick in the, one of the stewardesses was Mick jagger's wife and then i remember i eventually figured it out or somebody said something and i mentioned it on the season one wrap-up show and stuff like that so there's definitely things that i totally missed along the way and like you know annabelle knows everything about like if uh somebody like stacy lip was somebody on a show or whatever i never knew any of that stuff it's a totally different show and like with with you how you explored any reference i didn't do things like that either but i definitely thought the ones i thought i don't know like stuck out to me i guess so it's definitely like a totally different show and things like that but like uh somebody said it's probably it was probably meant to be well it is meant to be it, it it's what happened in reality so you guys were meant to take over in season eight when the references became abundant and maybe they had to be covered in a different way. And what for what I did was good for the first seven seasons. And then with your help in the seventh season. And then your whole entire like way of doing it from 8 to 11 was probably appropriate. So to me, I think it, it just kind of worked out really great. And we have the, a great bunch of people doing it. Like it's all the right people, obviously. Passionate, dedicated, smart. People who know how to take... You have, you have guys have great perspectives on the things that you bring up. It's not just information exchanging, but you have good perspectives on it. So, yeah, no, it's been great. And I'm definitely happy. Like I said, I think it was the right way to go. And uh, I think it's going to wrap up nice. Thank you. I mean, like I said, and thanks for giving us a great template. I think I speak on behalf of all of us. And you've turned us all into podcasters, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? It's Thank you, Alex. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Anytime. My honor. <laughs> okay. So with that, <laughs> thank you all. I think this was a great round table. I mean, I think this is probably the most unprepared we ever came into it, but I thought it was something <laughs> we needed to talk about uh, just because, uh, you know, it affects the universe that we talk about all the time. But thank you all and tune in again as always. Same Bundy time, same Bundy channel. That's all, folks. <laughs>